Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! And we have a fantastic podcast for you today. The one and only Kathy Fleckman from Survivor Fans vs. Favorites is going to be talking with us, and we are going to hear her thoughts on how Eric's playing, as well as her unfiltered opinions of everything this season. Uh, This should be a really fun podcast. Yes, Kathy is going to be a great guest, and for those of you who don't know, Kathy is very different than you saw her on Survivor, so we're really looking forward to hanging out with her for a little while. Yes, but before we do that, let's get to uh, some other things. First of all, let's see how far I'm winning in this confessional count. Yes, well, David, uh, last week for the most confessionals, you picked Cochran and I picked Philip. Uh, both di- both were pretty good, however, Malcolm and Reynolds both got more, so those would have been safer picks, but... Cochran did get more than Philip by a couple. As for the least confessionals, uh, Sherry versus Brenda. You had Sherry and I had Brenda. And even though Brenda wins immunity, she still gets zero confessionals, and I won that one. There you so go. It's 14 to 11 now. Three points. Three swing. points ahead. Plenty of time for me to come back and beat you. You got a little bit. You got a little bit. Four or five episodes. Right. So, so. it's definitely doable. This was yes. the this was the situation I was in last season, and then I just kept failing even worse. Yes. So let's um, hope for that so outcome. For the next episode, you get to pick first for the least confessionals. All right. This may sound risky, but I'm going with Eric. Eric. Yeah. See, I actually thought Brenda was a risky pick next episode. I was kind of hoping you would pick her so I could pick Eric, mainly because I, I she's got to have one coming. Like it's just one of those things where. How long can they keep ignoring her? But- well, you have these things where the the two things that are set me off or clued me in that maybe she'd get one is one, uh, Dalton Ross interviewed Jeff Probst and asked him some questions. One was about Brenda and how she didn't get any confessionals or any show airtime, and he basically said she's gonna she's-, she's gonna get some coming up. Right, which is why I'm I'm scared to pick her as well. The question is, I just have to place my pick. Uh, because in the scenes for the next episode, who's the person going up to console Dawn? Right. Brenda. So it makes me think she's going to be more of a focal point in this upcoming episode. Right. So the problem is then I'm left with, who am I left with? Right. I have Eddie who can get confessionals now because he's in love with Andrea. We have Reynolds who got the most confessionals out of anyone last episode. We have Malcolm, who I am actually going to pick for the most confessionals. We'll just say that right now. Um, we have, then on the other side, we have Philip, who always gets confessionals. Cochran, who always gets confessionals. Eric, who you just picked. Brenda, who I think is going to get a few. Uh, Andrea, who is going to get a few because she got votes. Um, Dawn, who's going to break down. And, <laughs> like, I'm just left with nobody. But I'll go with Sherry. Um, I think that she's the least likely to get confessionals out of that group. Uh, that was who I was debating between Eric and Sherry. Uh, I'm hoping for Eric, so we'll see. Yes, and I and like I said, I picked Malcolm for the most confessionals. So Malcolm? Yes. All right, well, well, that makes it easier for me because it was between Malcolm and Dawn, and I'm going to pick Dawn. I picked Brandon when he had his big blowout, and I was good on picking him because he got a lot. So maybe with this emotional breakdown, we'll see a lot of uh, Dawn's confessionals. Right, and I, I I thought about Dawn as well. I just don't know. 
My, the reason that I pick Malcolm is, is a couple things. One, I think that he, uh, well, obviously he's always good for a confessional. Two, he was the he debate, played a huge move with the last tribal council. He's going to be the center of attention. He's going to be trying to scramble and save himself. And if you want, my, like I again, we don't, I don't read spoilers. I don't really know what's going to happen. But my guess is that Reynolds and Malcolm are going to like give Dawn a really hard time, and that's why she breaks down. It very well could be. I, so I, I like because we saw that scene this episode where Reynolds was like, you know, if you screw me. Then I'm gonna be. Uh, then you know you've yeah. basically been hell to pay, and so I think that Reynolds and Malcolm are gonna make Don feel really, really bad for what she did. And I mean, Don came out of this game, and I don't know. Again, don't know if she quits or what, because they're they're a little bit of talk about that potential. Uh, she came out of this game really apologetic as well. Apparently, she has been sending Corinne a lot of Facebook messages, as you know, apologizing. Corinne hasn't responded to any of them. They're, these are just interviews that I've read. Um, so. Maybe I think that's what's going to happen is Malcolm and Reynolds are going to try to make her feel really bad and she's going to break down. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that happen. But we'll tune in next week to figure that out. But yes. let's move on to five more DJ rules. Yes, this week, the five DJ rules for last-minute scrambling. We uh, saw, we see this all the time, especially po- right after the merge. Lots of last-minute scrambling. Things could be going a certain way, and then right at the last minute, everything goes into chaos, and you are utterly confused, just like we saw this past episode. So here are five rules that we have that will help you during this very chaotic time of last-minute strategy before Tribal Council. Yes. First rule, always stay with the majority physically. And what we mean by this is... Make sure that when you look around you, if you're in a group of four people and there are ten people on the island, there's a chance that you are not doing what you should be. So always make sure that you're staying with the majority physically, keeping in mind, of course, that you know alliances within alliances are important, but when you're doing last-minute scrambling, everything can change, and the one thing you need to make sure is that you are safe for that tribal council. So make sure that you have the votes, stay in the majority physically. Number two, when in doubt, go for the safest vote. It may not make the most interesting television, but hey, you're trying to win a million dollars. That's what they did this episode. They went with the safest vote, which was Michael, and it worked out for them. If they hadn't gone for the safest vote, Andrea could have very well went home this past episode. Yes, which it made me very upset when they went for Michael because I thought it gave a kind of a lackluster ending to a really good episode. But when you think about it, you know, for for them, it was a really good move. Yeah, and even if you look like everyone talks about one of the great greatest ones was when they, in Survivor Fiji, when they voted out Edgardo. Well, Edgardo was the safest vote. You know, they went back and forth. So when you are really scrambling last minute, it's always best to go with the safest vote. Yes. Rule number three, stay calm and don't look frantic. If people see you running around and kind of freaking out they're gonna they're gonna be skeptical and upset we saw a little bit of that this episode with andrea where she where with andrea and dawn where andrea was kind of freaking out and it caused dawn to kind of freak out and it just didn't end well for anyone so just make sure that you stay calm and perceptually you are not frantic yeah number four always know where the idol is and where it could go the one thing that can always change the outcome at Tribal Council is the idol. It can take all your best 
plans and screw it up. So you always need to know who has the idol, who they could give it to, and put that into your calculations when scrambling. And choose that helps you determine the safest vote. Because you always need to know where the idol is, otherwise it could backfire immensely. Yes. And keep in mind that the tribal, this isn't the fifth rule, but this is part of that. Keep in mind that the tribal council performance is almost as important as who you vote for. We've seen things change based on the way people act at tribal council. A really good example is uh, Eric R. from Survivor Fans vs. Favorites 1, when the four girls just completely like put on this amazing, basically, play in order to get him to give up immunity. So, and you know, maybe we saw that with Philip in this episode with his speech about Malcolm. And uh, the Tribal Council performance can change things, I think, a lot more than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Number five, be creative and try everything. We don't mean, obviously, you don't want to try everything all at once, but think about trying everything. We've seen this, again, that same Tribal Council. Sari came up with an absolutely ridiculous plan. Get the guy to give up immunity. And everyone thought... You know, that's a dumb plan. There's no way that could possibly work. But they tried it, and it worked. We've seen it in other tribal councils. David, I know you had some examples. Yeah, you you got heroes versus villains with Rupert, who just put a rock in his pocket. Uh, And then everyone thought, oh, maybe he has the idol, so we better split the votes. Then Colby and Rupert vote off Candace. Boom, they they survive another round. I mean, there's lots of different creative ways that can save... Yourself. Even look at this way, the way Malcolm convinced Reynold to to use the idol on him instead of instead of on Reynold. That that was a brilliant move, and if they had voted for, for Malcolm, it would have saved him. Yes. And that move not only secured Malcolm's Malcolm's spot for one more round, but it also secured Malcolm's idol and the la- and the fact that nobody knew about Malcolm's idol. Yeah. And and who knows, if he wins immunity next episode, now he's safe for two rounds, you know? Right. I think, uh, I mean, maybe we should talk about this a little bit then, since we're on these subjects. Uh, what did you think of Malcolm's idol move? Brilliant. I think he's still, absolutely no one knows he has it. The I think the last time we had someone keep it this well... Uh, with Sandra and Heroes versus Villains. I mean, no one knows about it, and I think this just helps prove and helps uh, helps in other people's mind prove that he doesn't have it. Because like, oh, he didn't. Ha- he doesn't have one because he didn't play it. He had to get Reynolds to play it on him, so he doesn't have another one. So we can vote him out next time. You know, with no worries. Well, and if you think about it, Sandra and Heroes versus Villains only had it for an episode or two. Malcolm's had it now for eight, seven, eight episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's keeping it really well. And I think, you know, I, I think Malcolm is, is doing a really good job of kind of going with the game. Uh, he tried to flip, but, and, and, you know, you could call, you could say that that wasn't going with the game. But he's he's really playing the game, I think, in a better way. And he's making sure, you know, in Philippines, it was the right move for him to show his idol. Yeah. That was the right move. And now in Caramon Islands, he knows that it's the right move to keep his idol a secret because he's playing with people who are who want to get rid of that. And so he, he's very, playing very contextually, which I think is going to end up being really good for him. Yeah, I I would love to see Malcolm go as far as he possibly can. I, I still don't think he's going to make it that far just because he's, he's greatly outnumbered, but uh, I wish nothing but the best for him. So what's Malcolm's move next round? I mean, he voted for Reynolds, and he 
played an idol. What's his next move? What's his next move? Well, what he actually needs to recognize is that Dawn is not on the bottom. You know, he needs to recognize that there's really a four-person alliance between those favorites, and then the people on the outside are Brenda and Eric. But the problem is Eric doesn't do strategy, and who knows? We have no idea what Brenda's doing. Um, But if he could somehow convince them, I think they're the swing boats. But I think he's just going for the wrong people. Yes, I agree. I think that his move next round, and you know, I've we've talked about my my ideas on moves, and my ideas are usually go for the big move that is risky but could potentially work. I think he goes back to Philip and lays it out all out on the table. He says, "Philip, I made a mistake. I went against you guys. I realized my mistake. When you gave that speech, I knew that my goose was cooked unless Reynolds would give me his idol." So I voted for Reynolds because I thought that that's what you guys were doing. I tried to bring the vote back. And then during that session where we were sitting there, I realized you guys probably voted for me because I, I did I did bad by you. And so I got Reynolds' idol. I played the idol. But I voted for Reynolds to prove to you guys that I'm not here. I'm not interested in screwing you anymore. I realized my mistake. And just hope, you know, try to get this place back in that alliance. I don't know if it will work. I don't think it would. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. And maybe he could do some sort of, you know, maybe he could talk to Philip. He said, Philip, I know you're really big on assignments and proving trust. Give me any assignment you want. I'll prove my trust to you in any way I possibly can. Obviously, don't show him the idol. But I think I think it could work. I think his big move, to be honest, is if the first time he doesn't win immunity, which could very well be next episode... He uses his idol on himself. They're going to vote him out, and then he takes out Andrea or whoever. I could see that. I mean, it. I mean, he just has to know whether or not they're voting for him. But right. But I, I would think if he doesn't have the immunity necklace, he's playing at next tribal council no matter what. Yeah, I think he has to as well. But you know, it's it's just a hard thing. He's in a really bad situation. Yeah. And the question, you know, the question is all, as always is, can he can he dig himself out of it? And you know, Reynolds in an equally bad situation. Yep. Has Reynolds proven that he has an idol? He didn't tell anyone. Well, I mean, he didn't tell the. Well, and he's proven that he can find them quickly. That's his second idol that he's found. Right. So if it right. gets rehidden, he could be finding it again. Yes. Do you think they'll rehide the idol? Hard to say. I. We're right in the spot where they they would or they wouldn't. I think they may do it one more time. I think they will. I yeah. think like I Survivor nowadays. I think they're going to. Their goal is to get as many idols in the game as possible. I think. Yeah, but so. we are going to get Kathy on the line. All right, before we get to the Kathy interview, uh, we we talked to Kathy and she d- discussed a possible a possible twist that is coming up in future seasons of Survivor. Uh, If you do not want to hear what the future twist is, there will be a warning right before it happens in the interview. Uh, Just skip about five minutes after that and you should be good. We will also be talking about the the twist that is potentially coming up at the end of the interview after we talk uh, with Kathy. So if you are interested, stay tuned at the end and we'll discuss it there. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Kathy Slick. 
All right, we now have the one and only Kathy Sleckman on uh, the podcast with us. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing great. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing well. <laughs> I I I just have a feeling this is going to be a pretty awesome podcast. Well, you know, a lot of it's off the cuff. I'm going to just pretend I'm talking to my girlfriend on the phone, okay? All right, Jeff, you can play the role of the girlfriend. <laughs> Sounds good. You both are kind of sounding like you could be, but <laughs> there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> All right, well, we uh, we have lots to talk to you about, uh, but before we get into Survivor Caramoan and, and what's been happening, uh, what have you been up to since Survivor? Let's see. Did a couple charity things, you know, which they all do. But now they hold them, like, on the four corners of the planet, and I'm, like, in the middle of the Midwest. So I don't, you know, nobody really, unless you're Richard Hatch or Boston Rob, nobody ever pays to fly you to any of these things. It's all out of your own pocket. Not that I can't afford it, but, you know, the last time I flew, TSA put me through a back scanner twice when they knew I was just going out for a smoke. So now I'm kind of like giving them the big F you. I don't like flying. If you have a fundraiser in the Chicago area, give me a call. But if I got to fly, I'm like, you know, I'm a Catholic girl. I don't get like, I don't like getting felt up by strangers. Most of us don't. Um, what did you, what was your opinion when you heard that they were going to do another fans versus favorites since you came from a season like that? And what do you think of the season so far? Do you really want my honest opinion? Yes. I didn't know crap about any spoiler sites or anything when I went on, right? I just knew something was up because there was only 10 of us when we had to all get together in L.A. We all had to travel in a group, get on a plane. You know, I never knew about Survivor Sucks. I didn't know any of those sites, right? So I'm like, okay, this is weird. There's only 10 of us, man. And Doug, who was the executive producer, and to this day I love the guy to death, um... I even went to him on the plane. I said, all right, Doug, where's the other 10 people? He goes, well, how do you know they're not here? I go, because they haven't been with us yet. So I had no idea it was going to be fans versus fans, right? So when we were on that rainy beach, and it all started out, and they started bringing back, you know, around the corner, I my mouth dropped open, and I just said, oh, my God, Mark Burnett's brilliant. What a brilliant – I mean, I was amazed how brilliant of an idea it was. And then when they decided to do it again, I'm like, well, that just sucks. That is going to top our season. I mean, you're just not because it was so different, so new, so and and the favorites they picked. I'm like, whose favorites are these? No, <laughs> uh, Francesco, who? Uh, what? You know, when in like I think it was 2005, Jeff said, you know, to ever bring anybody back, if we would have fans vote just to piss us off, they'd pick first boots that we didn't know about. And then he puts a first boot on who gets first booted. <laughs> uh, so far, okay, the Barbie doll, I still don't know their names. If we ever have another, every survivor who's ever played reunion again, I'm just going to say all you blondes with big fake boobs, you go in the corner because I'm just all going to call you, I don't know, <laughs> Barbie. Because I don't remember any of their names. It's Philip. What do I say about him? I don't think it's as good of, as our season, and I'm not saying it just because I was on it. 
I'm saying it because I thought our season was fabulous. We had so many blindsides from the get-go. And then when they, it's like they're just pagonging. The fans are just going one by one. I'm boring. You know, so, oh, our season was way better, and this one sucks so far. (laughs) The bright, little bright light in Cochran. And uh, I'm liking Dawn because I'm not the only batch crazy crybaby out there. (laughs) So I think I'm going to, you know, I'm warming up to Dawn. All right, so uh, we wanted to get your opinion of, of the different people who, who were voted off. So I'm going to say a name of someone who's voted off, and you give me the, your quick thoughts on that person. Uh, well, you already mentioned Allie and Hope Barbies, so I think we can skip them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, really. And Laura. And Laura. The, the now, blonde-haired one. the brunette. No, these are all the blonde ones. <laughs> See, I already don't know. Oh. What were your thoughts of uh, Francesca coming back and getting off <laughs> first again? The stupidest idea, suckiest. <laughs> I don't know who thought of that, but horrible. <laughs> Terrible idea. I mean, wouldn't you have rather have seen Joel from our season back? Just a big old ape, a big old caveman come back? I mean, I got respect. I don't like him, but I got re- Big respect for Joel. He actually has some strategy. He sucks a lot at the social game, but I think he learned his lesson. Uh, Francesca, why? Why? I don't know. You you answer that for me. Yeah, I think the only reason was to get some quips of Philip saying how he hates Francesca and some quips of Francesca saying how he, she hates Philip. Well, like we don't get enough. Like they didn't think they'd get enough <laughs> clips of Philip. I I know. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you think that was the only thing he was going to talk about the whole season was Francesca? <laughs> yeah, and obviously that didn't last very long. <laughs> no crap. Yeah, yeah I, uh... bad idea. She's probably a wonderful person, never met her before. None of my comments are meant to dig or hurt somebody. They're just, as a fan of the show, which I am, and I've played, these are my opinions. Don't, and if you are going to take offense, well, then it sucks that you have such thin skin. Sorry. <laughs> there, I got that out of the way. Yeah, now we can trash whoever we want to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what were your thoughts on Shamar? You know, they always say there's stereotypes for a reason. <laughs> um, and people go, oh, don't be racist. Uh, it's like, I'm not being racist, but... Angry, lazy black man. I don't know. I've heard this before, and I thought, that's not nice to say that. Because it's not. It's not nice to say that. But, I mean, they could have drew him as a cartoon character from Fat Albert. And it would (laughs) have, I mean, it would have been that stereotype right there. So, I got to say, I don't like angry people who are just angry and bitchy for no reason. So, I thought I could have some love for him ex-military. I'm ex-military. I thought I could. But then I'm like... How did you not get beat up every night in the war by your own people? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, um, God bless him. Service the country. Like I said, I'm a former vet. He's a vet. God bless him for that. But, man, angry, lazy black man edit. I mean, but, so you can't really root for something like that, can oh, you? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean... You can't go, gee, I hope this guy goes all the way to the end and wins. You know, you you can't, unless you're another angry, lazy black man. (laughs) Uh, What what were your thoughts on uh, Brandon Hanson, his explosive exit? 
oh, for God's sakes. And they were worried about me, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, did anybody check to see if he was on something before he went? And then he just stopped taking it. And I told somebody else, the difference between me and Brad is like, I know I have to be on something. He doesn't. And I wanted to chop off my own pinky. He would have wanted to chop off someone else's pinky. So whack-a-doodle, let's, if I never hear the word Hans again, I will die happy. If I never see him on Survivor, I think the next time the Hanses are ever on Survivor is the day I stop watching. Enough is enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Matt, the bearded uh, biker guy? Matt, bearded biker guy. I mean, seemed like a nice guy, but... Yeah, that was about it. I mean, he's memorable for his beard. Yeah. Well, I mean, right? Or am I totally off on this? Yeah, I think, well, I think because so many of the fans got off the show so early, they didn't really spend time showing us that much of them. So it's just like, we don't really know that much about them. Right. Like, I'll see them and go, oh my God, the other fans guy, the big handled beard guy, I remember you, but just from your beard. So, hey, how you doing? You know, so. Yeah. Uh, then you had Julia, the brunette that we never saw at all on the show. Uh, anybody else think, knowing that they knew when she was going to leave, and usually you try to put that person on a little more, because you know they're going early. And they but that still... would have taken away a Philip clip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm like thinking, okay, here you had this girl. When she did speak, she sounded like um, a card cardboard from a shipping box, uh, and that was all I knew about her. She, okay, you have no personality, you talk even tone, God only knows what you're doing. Okay, bye, you're voted out now. See, yeah, um, I think the only reason they didn't show her more is so that they could, uh, they could air those confessionals from Cochran about her being worse than Vanilla... And Corinne saying she's so boring. Like, they just wanted and to... And, ex- so, and, and I don't get casting anymore. I know a lot of the good people in casting are gone. Lynn is still there. Um, she's still the head cheese, whatever. But uh, a lot of the good people that were in casting back in my time, even when I almost made Vanuatu, I mean, they're all gone now. So, And then now Jeff is more in charge. So back then, he was just the host. But now he's like executive producer, so he has more say and almost final say. And I think they got to get him out of that because as awesome of a a host he is, he's not quite picking up what the real fans of the show want to see. Well, and then uh, finally, what did you think of Corinne? Corinne, finally, yay. Not that she was voted off, but finally because from Gabon – her big pre-thing was, you know, I'm the biggest bitch you ever saw. And whatever. And, and then I'm like, wow, you were like garlic toast. You were like not just plain toast. You had a little bit of garlic, but nothing much. This time she came out like spicy pizza. So at least they gave her more of the spunk mm-hmm. than that she got in Gabon. So would I, you know, ever be friends with someone like that? Probably not. But it was good. She tried to make a move and got, you know. Got voted out. Yeah. She said two sentences too many to dawn. Only two. She just should have said her first sentence, period, and walked away. She would have been fine. Yeah, I agree. And then what about Michael? Michael, Michael, the gay. 
<laughs> like I said, I'm still friends with Chad. I mean, we don't see each other every day, but I went out and visited him like three times already on his farm and him and Bob, and he's still my only gay friend, or like he says, that I know of. Uh, <laughs> but I'm starting to like the gay people, too, just like Corinne. I don't have as much exposure at all. I'm still kind of Midwest, in the middle, don't know any, but I liked him. And who knew he could be so athletic? I didn't know gays were that athletic, because my only experience was Chet. And we all know how that turned out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a big, uh, there's a big difference in athletic ability between Chet and uh, Michael. Exactly. So, I mean, in that respect, I was impressed, and you know, just the, like uh, Carl Hageman in P.O.S. I yep. mean, sense of humor, biting, sharp wit. I love that about people. Whether you're gay or purple or pink, if that's how you are, I love you. But if you're a what's his face who had appendicitis. <laughs> Colton. Him, I just, you know, stick a boot up his butt. You know, those kind of, you know, gay or not, you're just an asshole. <laughs> um, okay, next question was, what did you think of Malcolm's idol move in the last episode where he told Reynolds to give it to him? Ballsy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because what if it really was him getting written down and Reynolds wouldn't give it to him and that... I mean, that's that's like putting your life savings on black and roulette. I mean, that was pretty ballsy, I think. And I literally, like I said, had to watch it at 4 o'clock today. And I sat there going, what the hell just happened? What? <laughs> what? I, didn't say I had to go and read some blogs quick. Fish box. I'm like, I am so freaking confused. What the frick just happened? I don't know. Some parts I couldn't hear them talking, like Dawn and Andrea talking. So I'm like... I rewound it. What they say? What's going? What? It's going to be Malcolm? No, wait. Now it's not going to be Malcolm. It's going to be Michael. No, wait. You can fix that. Wait. Malcolm's going to vote for Andrea, right? No, nope. He wrote down Reynolds. What? <laughs> Give me your idol. Huh? <laughs> so I, re- I was... Con- I had to read some blogs to figure out what the hell happened. I thought so. it was pretty brilliant, though, that he he didn't use his and just convinced the other guy to, to use his on, on, on himself. Right. Well, you know, that's all great, but and I don't. I did spoilers for a couple of years, like my season, and I think the next two seasons I did spoilers. And then I found out I just enjoy the show more when I don't know what's going to happen. But right. I think now he's pretty much effed. I mean, you stand up and you go, uh, what they were all talking about, they're voting me out, man. I mean, well, you just gave yourself away on that one. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Now... He's really got to win a lot of immunity challenges or something. Because he's, I think by doing that, he's done. Yeah, I mean, he he has, he still has his idol. So he has one more one more tribal council that he can survive. But after that, it's win challenges or go home. But I got to tell you, for the first time in, oh, I don't know, 10 years? Well, it, they haven't had an idol for 10 years, but for the first time, I'm like, somebody, every time I scream at my TV going, why are you telling them you have an idol? Why can't anybody just keep it to themselves that they have an idol? I am excited about the fact that Malcolm has not told anyone that he has the idol. Yeah. Oh, it, right. that, that could just be editing, though. Maybe 
Because like Michael said, Reynolds told him he had an idol, even though Reynolds said he wasn't going to tell anybody. And only him and Eddie know. And then he showed Malcolm, but well, you're the only guys that know. But then to hear it from Michael, everybody knew. So it could be editing. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone knows Malcolm. And I think he did this move partially to uh, make people pretty certain that he doesn't have it because if he's asking someone else then they'll assume oh well then he obviously doesn't have an idol he had to use someone else's you know so i thought that part was great the rest of what he said is what's going to get him voted off yeah well he he's sort of in a uh, (laughs) he was in a lose-lose situation even this episode he was just trying to trust the wrong people and obviously that backfired so i it's only a matter of time i think yeah and you know how sad is it that just the fans, one after another, see ya, see ya, see ya. Now, granted, they threw a Corinne in there, but, how, you know, it just reminds me of, like, all right, you're next, okay, and you're next. Almost like there's no big surprises. I mean, they tried to make it surprising, but, again, a fan went home, so. I, I hope Malcolm can use the idol to really take someone out of the game. Like, make it a big shocker and, and get one of these big power players out. I think that'd be awesome. And whether it's got to be Philip, I'm hoping, I'm praying it's Philip. <laughs> oh my God, a drinking game every time he mentions Boston Rob or the BR or the Stealth Rush, or I was an FBI. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. People in Russia are watching this show and they're going, oh, look at stupid American and their FBI agents. We can so <laughs> totally take them over with people, you know, if those are people they're playing. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Well, in this time, this episode, during Tribal Council, he had to mention Season 22, Redemption Island, like 12 times. Like, why was well, that when necessary? He, when he remembered what season he was on. Yeah. funny part. Yeah, think about it for a minute. Yeah. yeah. What the hell season was I on? And, and then he had to overcompensate, so he just said it like 50 times just so you'd know he knew it. And you know those tribal councils last close to two hours. I mean, they, they are close to two hours. Now, granted that when Jeff walks away with the little boat thing, he's gone for maybe 40, 45 minutes. Nobody has a watch on, but this is... You know, why is he gone? What does he do for 45 minutes? Like, obviously, he has to put the votes in the right order. But that well, seems a little excessive. Right. They do do that, obviously, for a little suspense. But uh, Chris, winner of Vanuatu, I talked to him at a, at a reunion, and he had done dinner because he fr- he's good friends with Julie, and that's when Jeff was dating Julie. So he asked Jeff, what the hell do you do for so long when you walk away with those boats? And Jeff told him, he goes, well, we walk away, I sit down, we have a cocktail, we look through the boats, we look at you guys, we laugh at you, <laughs> sitting there. Then we think about which order we're going to put the votes in. Then we sit and we have like a drink. And then we laugh, we laugh more at you guys just sitting there. Because once you're sitting there and cameras are not on you, you cannot talk. They have people, watchers all around. No talking. No talking. You cannot talk to anybody when there's no cameras on you. So you're sitting there on these hard logs, sitting there. Sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, while they're back there laughing at you, just sitting there. So, <laughs> God only knows how many more times Philip said what season he was on <laughs> at Tribal that they edited out. So, 
what do you think of Reynolds? Like, he seems to fail every episode. Every episode is just, oh, I got a new plan, and then the plan fails. <laughs> Remember Redneck Jim? Or Redneck, uh... James? James. Yeah. <laughs> he reminds me of him. I mean, not personality-wise, but almost every time he would say, oh, so-and-so is going home tonight. You know, it would always be somebody else. No, this week, so-and-so is going home tonight. And it would always be somebody else. <laughs> I like. I think he put it in a nutshell. Do you ever notice how every person we align with gets voted out? You know, so. I mean, I think Reynolds trying his best, but we'll see. I, I don't see much of a future for him either. <laughs> yeah. And this uh, whole bro lions, bro mans, bro lions. Thank God for that. Woody Allen is on the island, you know, with his comebacks about the tomfoolery. And my daughter watched. She goes, you know, he has very good English skills. <laughs> is there anything that Michael could have done differently? Do you think to save himself, or was he just screwed because of Andrea's paranoia? Yeah, pretty much. He was, uh, the whole plan was split the boat, and all, it almost reminded me of Mikey B on our season when I was off on one of my many adventures on Exile Island, saying about, <laughs> okay, now what we're going to do, if they find, if Kathy finds the idol, then we're going to split the boat. We're gonna, you know, all those complicated plans usually go right down the toilet. So when they were talking about it, let's do it, and then we're going to do this and that, I'm thinking to myself, mm, I bet you it's just going to be everybody votes for one person. But I was just thinking that because usually those don't work. And uh, I, I was so confused by the episode, the editing. I got to admit, at least it was suspenseful this time. It was it was suspenseful editing. I This is the first show in a while where I got to give an attaboy to the editors. Yeah. They didn't give it away like they did with Corinne in the first three minutes of the show when Corinne <laughs> said, oh, look, it's time for a blindside. I looked at my husband. I'm like, all right, Corinne's gone. <laughs> you know? First yeah. three minutes, I bet you Corinne's gone. <laughs> yeah, so at least they did. The editing got better. Yeah. See, I actually so every once in a while I kind of like an episode like that because it's really fun to watch Corinne mess up the entire episode when you know that she's going home and you can just kind of watch her as she goes home. I, so I, I didn't find it with Corinne, but I, I do agree that usually they're far too predictable with the editing, and they probably could not be if I think they must have gotten all new editors too. It's more now the character show than Survivor, personality, scheme, this. Now it's all about big cartoon characters, you know? Yeah. Well, you see, even back to the first season, the first season is like documentary-like. And in I would say for the first you know, six seasons, it was all about what's the social interaction? How are these people from all different walks of life going to interact with each other? Now it's just, you're right, now it's just, what what's Philip going to do this time? <laughs> what's Russell Hans going to do? What's, let's yeah. bring another Hans because, oh, according to Jeff, that's TV gold. And it's like, yeah, no, it's it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just not. Warning, Kathy is about to bring up a new twist that may potentially happen in a future season. If you do not want to hear the rumored twist for Survivor 27, skip the next three to five minutes and then listen to the rest of it. Which makes me sad, because now I hear they might be doing a returning player versus their family, and I'm like, oh, that's just got hands written all over it. Uh, I might have to stop actually watching. I don't. But you know the 11th 11- 
Russell Hant said on Twitter that if they do that, that he would not be coming back. Which, oh, which you believe maybe, that, don't you? <laughs> I, I don't believe him, but it, 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 he did say that he hated the twist. So hopefully he would stick with that. But I, I would doubt it. Yeah, well. I, it's it's just such a gimmicky twist. Like it's it's like a twist you'd have on Big Brother. Like exactly, or Amazing Race, or I don't know. It's just not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully that that does not go through and that doesn't actually happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if it did. It wouldn't either. And us poor saps, the eleven million that have kept watching this show after, what, 24 million watched the first season, and then now it's been anywhere between 9 and 11 million people. It's us. It's all the same people. And no matter how much we bitch that it's going downhill, oh, I ain't going to watch this if they put hands, well, you know, here we are on Wednesdays turning on our TV and watching it anyway. Right. Yeah, because even if they do a family edition, which would make me cringe, uh... I'd still watch it to see how bad it was. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because we're just the diehard fans. We're just, I don't know. Yeah. And there are some people, though, that have actually been on the show who I've seen said, no, I don't watch it. I don't watch it anymore. And I go, what the hell is wrong with you? You were on the show and you don't watch it anymore? Well, and I think that goes to show that a lot of people even weren't fans to be with the show to begin with before they got on. So I think they're less likely to watch it after. Right. And I was completely amazed. I had the talk. Rob has a podcast. Me and Joel. There were supposed to be the rest of us showing up, but they all failed at the last minute. And I gotta say, it was awfully interesting to hear Joel's point of view. Because, you know, it's not like he was Mr. Friendly out there. <laughs> and And it made me think that, you know, Joel was very strategic, but his social game really sucked. And me, I went out there trying to be all social. Yeah. You know, because nobody wrote my name down. If I wasn't going to chop off my pinky, I still would have been there. And these people knew how bad I was being. And I'm like, if we ever lose, because I can't purposely throw a challenge. And that's why James loved me, because he got nailed in China with trusting people. Yeah. I said, I can't purposely throw a challenge so that we go to tribal and you vote me out. And then Alexis and Nalia, well, we're not voting for you anyway because we trust you more than we trust Jason, so we'll vote him out. So, no, you're not going anywhere. So you can play just a social game, even though we were shunned, (laughs) and make it to the end, but you'll never win. Just as if you're all strategy and no social, you'll never win either. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a balance. And some people go in there, I'm going to be all strategy, and then they're gone. Some people go in there, just drag me along with your coattails. The only one who got away with that was Vesepia. But you're not going to win either. You know, so it's it's interesting. I'm trying to flesh out who's doing both on this season. Who's both very strategic and and, and who's also social. Oh, I would say that sort of leads into my, my next question of who do you think is sort of calling the shots of the Stealth RS Alliance? Because part of the time it seems like it's, Cochran, sometimes it seems like Andrea or Dawn. Obviously, Philip is the 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 uh, figurehead, but probably not the one actually controlling it. So it's just interesting. It's like those minority contractors, right? Philip's <laughs> like, okay, I'm the minor, but it's all a big scam because it's really the uh, white people running it, you know? Well, it's like Philip's the boss. <laughs> so yeah, um, right now, 
you know, Cochran is playing both. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's in his uh, little talks strategizing. Now, when he's with the tribe, you don't really see that. But he's also social because he's, you know, he's self-deprecating. He's funny. People like that when you're out there. You're bored as hell out there. You like some levity. So he is. And Andrea, I think, is getting to the point where she's strategizing maybe a little too much that it's going to come and bite her in the butt. Yeah, she's becoming way too paranoid and freaking out. That's my thought anyway, but who am I, right? So, <clears throat> speaking I'm of Andrea... I'm Dr. Phil. <laughs> speaking of Andrea, what do you think of her and Eddie's relationship? I hear about relationships on Survivor, and I just laugh because I've been there. You are stinky. I mean stinky. Stinky. Your teeth are nasty. You, you got dirt in places you didn't think you could get dirt. And I get how you just want to cling to some type of human emotion or touch because you do know everybody's kind of cutthroat so i mean i get that but i don't think it's going to be a big makeout session like amanda and ozzy well and it seemed like they were both trying to play each other you know <laughs> right but i i think what's his name again eddie, <laughs> eddie. i think eddie's just a big buffoon actually <laughs> i think parvati would have had a field day with this man because parvati is the top-notch flirt, but strategically flirt, make everyone feel welcome. I mean, this guy probably would be dry-humping Parvati in three minutes. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it definitely... I, in their whole conversation where, like, they weren't telling each other things, and she's, he's like, why don't you just tell me who's going to get off? And he's like, oh, does someone have an idol? I can't tell you that. Well, I can't tell you that. And they were just going in circles. I know. It was cute. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's be- it was way better than the little throw up I got in the back of my throat when Philip told Cherie Sherry that she was like a beautiful woman. I, <laughs> oh I yeah, a, I had a little vomit in the back of my throat. <laughs> yeah, um... I had just a little bit in my mouth. That hey, <laughs> and I'd like to know where did she hide a tube of mascara up her hoo-ha? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know how this woman has mascara and black eyeliner on all the time. Now, I, I get you can tattoo eyeliner, but I swear to God, this woman looks like she's wearing mascara. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else but me notice this, or is that just something I notice? We're both guys. We don't notice that type of thing. Sure, you're guys. That's okay. You can use that story. That's okay. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> David, I don't know that we've ever had a guest accuse us of lying about our gender. Well, you know, I just see your little picture with a bunk bed and a dude. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously flapping back. Uh, really, we have bunk beds. I'm the youngest of six. We. It's not know, a bunk bed. I swear to God, I'm thinking, wow, are you living in your parents' basement with bunk beds? But they not even buy you like a double bed or a. <laughs> the parents are making you still stay in your bunk beds. Uh, I've told him to move out several times, but he doesn't listen to me. Well, I don't have the room anymore. Now I have the entire room to myself. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are you always sleeping on the top bunk? <laughs> no, it's not lofted anymore because it's not a bunk bed. It's a lofted bed. 
Uh-huh. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's transition here. You have a, a connection to one of the players. You played with Eric on the first fans. Oh, is Eric favorite. on the show? <laughs> I heard he was going to be on the show. Is he on? <laughs> I think he got one confessional last week. <laughs> I think I saw someone who looked like him throw a ball <laughs> at a challenge, but it happened so quick. Yeah. Yeah, if I was Eric, I'd be pissed, man, to go all that way, starve to death, whatever, come back, have your family gather around, dudes, come watch, I'm on Survivor, and then you go the whole hour and you go, where were you? Where? Are you sure you're on Survivor? This is week eight. I think I've seen you maybe once. I'd be pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I don't know why they're giving him the invisible. Him and Brenda. Yeah. There's a Brenda there? Who? Who? God, she's adorable. Isn't she cute? She's so cute. Cute, cute, cute. But, yeah, I don't understand the invisible edits. I don't get it. Well, I had high hopes. I had high hopes for Eric being on. I have been sadly disappointed. Yeah, I mean, from from interviews with people who voted off, it doesn't seem – they said that Eric didn't do much strategizing or anything. He was sort of just there hanging out and then would go like 10 minutes before tribal council and say, okay, who are we voting for? That was kind of what he did on our season, too. Exactly what he did on our season. Basically, it was all Joel doing the stuff, Eric nodding his head. Sometimes he would nod his head in the morning. Sometimes he would nod his head in the evening. And then we'd go off to tribal. So, yeah, it's kind of how he was on our season, which talking with Joel, he was like, okay, I get he got on again because he gave away the immunity necklace and it was that whole funny thing. But other than that, and he's good at challenges, but other than that, yeah, cause, not much else. Because even in in your season, we didn't really see him until he was the underdog, until he was, you know, everyone was against him sort of thing. Before that, yeah. he wasn't really the standout of the, the fans. Right. He was squealing on Amy and uh, begging Chet to vote out Ozzy. And, yeah, that's about when he popped up, too, because really, he blows with the wind. As long as it's not him... Which is a Sandra um, strategy, which yeah. does work. As long as it's not me, I'll vote with whoever. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of airtime with that, I guess, because there's you can only hear that strategy so long where you go, okay, okay, we get it. We get it. It's not you. Okay. Yeah. If, if, if you want that strategy, you have to be lippy and yell at people, too, apparently, to get airtime. <laughs> or just be a big douche like Philip, man. What a douche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the only airtime we saw was when he was going up against Philip, saying that Philip was was an idiot, and then I, I guess either he just learned to accept it or or what. But we didn't see him anymore after that. Last this time he opens, dude, Philip opens his mouth, everybody starts rolling their eyes. It's like, and I get that being around somebody like that would be irritating. You don't know how much time stands still out there. Time, one minute feels like an hour. Time just stand still and to have Philip all the time with his stealth arrest and Boston Rob and I know because I know Boston Rob and I did a show with Boston Rob and I yeah you'd want to shoot the man seriously apparently that's the kryptonite of Hans's it makes them go crazy ugh 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 what a douche <laughs> um what do you think of Sherry joining stealth arrest do you think that's the right move for her well, it's the whole, as long as it's not me. 
Of course, on my season, Penner, once we did the swappy, drop your Buffy things, Penner was the only one who stayed with me. I lost Tracy and Chet, and Penner was the only one who stayed with me in my shelter. And Jason tried to talk him out of it, saying, no, come in the cool kids' shelter and stay with us. And Penner was a gentleman said, I promised her I'd stay. I mean, I got to tell you, I turned to him, I go, what do you want to know? I'll tell you everything because these people are assholes. They've treated me like shit since day one, since before day one. What do you want to know? So Sherry feels betrayed. Everybody, you know, the, the bromance dudes have been, we're voting for you. So of course she's going to, you're going to go where you can get dragged along a few weeks later. Yeah. And you know, what else was she going to do? Go with Reynolds and them who they've not been getting along long since day one. So yeah. yeah. And, I don't think of it as a betrayal. I remember Joel being, no, it's fans versus favorites. It's fans versus favorites. It's fans. We got to stick together. We're fans. Because I'm like, you don't treat people like crap and tell them in the first 20 minutes, you know, Mikey B, you three are going. You're old and you're weak. You three are old and weak. You're going first. I'm like, dude, we just got here. What's your name? I don't. What? Yeah. Oh, so of course you're not going to be loyal to people like that. It it really is where you need a human connection. Yeah. You uh you mentioned this earlier, but what did you think of all these guys trying to sell Cochran on this man's bro bro alliance? <laughs> I'm thinking, have you guys looked at him? Have you looked <laughs> at his tasty white body and his non posture and his? I mean, really. You guys are thinking he's going to be the manly man? You know, kind of like Saria at our season when, you know, hey, we got to get rid of the weak or whatever. Saria's like, dude, man, I'm one of the weak. This can't be good. <laughs> so that they would even think that. I know they're desperate and they're, they probably were drunk. And you, you say things when you're drunk. But I love Cochran when he said, I'm not going to engage in any of this masculine tomfoolery with these knuckleheads. <laughs> you know? Have they met him? Have they even seen him? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I would have said to him, hey, dude, we'll be the bronze, okay? We'll, we'll be the brawn. You be the brain. You, you, know, you, you don't have to do any of this bro, dude, we're all men stuff, but you can be like the brainy guy behind the scenes. And then maybe Cochran would have fallen for it, you know? Well, yeah. And I found it odd that Reynolds tried to say like, you know, in the history of Survivor, there are some huge moves that people remember. And all I could think about is the one thing people remember about Cochran is that he was a squirrel who flipped on his tribe. Do you really think he's going to make that same mistake again? Right. Like Dawn said, I didn't tell anybody my last time about Cochran flipping, so I'm going to do it different this time. Right. And it, like, if there's anyone that you should be going after, it's probably Andrea, who arguably her fault in her last season was sticking with Rob when she maybe should have gone with Matt and the other Alliance and right. she had a legitimate chance at winning. So, I mean, if, if you're on a fans versus favorite season, in my opinion, you should be thinking about what are people's legacies and what are they going to be willing to do based on that? You know, that's so funny because when you're out there and at least for me, although I have an excuse, okay, I wasn't mentally all there, but <laughs> some people talk about like Penner Last season where he's talking to um, Blair from Facts of Life, you know, about people are going to see this on TV, you know, and what are you going to show them on TV when they air? I got to be honest with you, not one time when I was out there did I ever think of how I was going to come across on camera back home watching it on TV. So it takes a certain mind 
to think that way when you're out there, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know this whole, Oh, you're remembered for the big moves and you got to be the character. That's where people like Hans or somebody thinking that I never at one point ever thought that way. What did you think of the challenges this episode? Well, again, a lot of them are from my season. So yeah, the um, cage thing, actually they filmed it beautifully. I was, I literally had butterflies in my stomach thinking someone was going to drown. So kudos to the cameraman because that was excellent. The way they did that, the way they just got in on how they were gulping in water. And so the cage one made me on edge. I was all nervous. And Andrea going back up, back up. You oh, know, yeah. Do you think she's out? No, she's back in. She's out. She's in. <laughs> but It was quite – I was on edge on that one. So I got to say, never saw it coming from Brenda winning that one. Yeah, and she did not – like Jeff said, she did not move at all. She stuck in that one position, and there, she, was, she wasn't going anywhere. I told my daughter, I have such a pinhead. You know, it's so narrow. It's like – I think my face is narrower than my hand. I go, <laughs> I think I could stick my whole head through that grate. I could have won that. <laughs> but then, then I thought Cochran would win with the size of his nose. I thought the nose size would keep it above water way longer than anybody else's. So apparently that didn't happen. <laughs> but didn't you think that at first? Cochran's got the biggest nose out there. I thought he would win. I thought he would last long. I thought Malcolm would also last a little longer. You and know. Eric going out. Eric already did that challenge once before. Yeah, he went out really early too. And then I, I just laughed. I was like, of course Philip is the first one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course Philip would be, Mr. Oh, but he probably threw that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I did that on purpose. I'm sure that's what he told everyone afterwards. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think of, of next week when it shows Dawn sort of having a mental breakdown, something you're sort of familiar with? I know, I'm so excited that it won't be me. I'm going to sit there, like I said, when my daughter saw the coming up attractions for next week and saw Dawn completely cry, she looked at me, she goes, Mom, look, that's you. <laughs> that's you. I go, yes, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I got to hand it to the editors of my season because I swear to God, when I got home, I said, what have I done? What's ha- Oh, my God, they're not going to have one minute of me not crying. So kudos to the editors of my show that they found some footage of me not crying. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to Dawn breaking down. Just, I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. So I don't have to be the only big crybaby. Yeah, my my whole question is, is will she be able to recover? Yeah, because you know how they do those promos. Oh, yeah, could this spell the end for Dawn? I might just leave. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah, well, and the other thing, it's at this point in the game where if she has a mental breakdown, that's sort of like the other trimers, like, well, we should keep her now. You know, she, if, she, if she's exactly. not all there, she's not going to be making moves against us. She's, she's not going to be that big of a threat in the end. Exactly. I actually, I'm looking forward to it. I might even cry a little at home if I forget to take my pill tomorrow. <laughs> all right, so my, my last question for you is, at this point, who is your pick to win it? My pick to win it. Well, I think Malcolm's out. He he screwed it over. I don't think yeah. a fan's going to win. Uh, I like Cochran. I can't really say about Brenda, though. I want to say Brenda because she's just so darn cute, and so far they haven't shown her do anything bad to piss anybody off. They haven't showed her 
doing any strategy though either. I'm iffy on Brenda. Um, I know Dawn and Cochran being on the same season if they did go together, but if you're Cochran and you make it to the end, I don't think you want to bring Dawn with you. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, it'd be between who do you want to bring, Andrea or Dawn with you? You want to bring Philip. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so that's, I don't think Andrea's long for it. Like I said, I don't do spoilers. My guess, and not through, unless they have more eating challenges, it's going to be tough for Cochran to win some challenges, but. I'm Cochran, I'm thinking Brenda, if they show us a little more about Brenda, um, Dawn, just because she's friends with Cochran, and I think, I don't know, I see those three. Uh, that's just my opinion. All right. Well, before we let you go, uh, we wanted to play a game with you. It's called Imagine If. Uh, what, how this game works is I will ask you an Imaginist question, and you will answer with someone from your cast of Survivor fans versus favorites. So any one of the 20 people. Okay, if I can remember all their names. I'm kidding. Very cool. <laughs> all right. First question. Imagine if your cast each had a theme song. Whose theme song would be Eye of the Tiger? Jason. The butthead. <laughs> the douche-wad. The yeah, it would be Jason's. <laughs> All right. Imagine if your cast went to the same high school prom. Which player would be voted best dancer? <laughs> best dancer. Oh my God! Can it be man or female? Either one. A uh, poverty. She's got some good moves. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> All right. Well, how, what about from the the male perspective? <laughs> the male perspective, best dancer, Penner. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but only if it's a Frank Sinatra song. Gotcha. Yeah, he's he's a classy dancer. Yes. All right. Uh, imagine if your cast was being interviewed for jury duty. Which player would act goofy in hopes of not being selected? Me. <laughs> Me. What would I be? Got, if I ever get called for jury duty, I already have the first line out of my mouth. Well, he must be guilty because he's sitting there, right? <laughs> <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't be sitting at that table right so i would think he'd be guilty otherwise why is he here in the room i think that would get me out in a heartbeat and then after that just say oh i forgot to take my meds today exactly <laughs> uh, all right next question imagine if you were camping together and suddenly a you you saw a ufo landing which player would board the craft chat <laughs> <laughs> Hoping to be anally probed by the by the aliens. <laughs> okay. Can I say that or is that? Bad? You already said it. You can't take it back. <laughs> well, don't those aliens usually try to probe there? So I'm just saying, chat. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> imagine if your cast saw a little old lady take a spill on the sidewalk. Which player would be the first to help? Ah, uh, James. Total gentleman, yes ma'am, no sir, yes ma'am. He helped carry all our stuff. He kept those things. He went out in that two-day downpour and went out and got us some of the leftover yammy things from the Palauans we won in the rain, brought them back with little spots of dip, the different, like, Worcestershire ketchup mustard in the rain, and brought it all back for us to eat. So it would be James. All right. 
Imagine if your cast were wild animals, which player would be a laughing hyena? Serene. She, she does have a pretty uh, boisterous laugh. Oh, she was so wonderful to be the first one on Exile Island with. It, honestly, it couldn't have been. Well, unless it was Yao Man, but then I probably would have jumped him or something. You know, <laughs> you know how I feel about my Yao Man. All right. Imagine if your cast lived in an underwater city when a giant squid attacks. Which player would be first to fight the squid and attempt to save the city? Well, before you said save the city, I would have said Joel. If a camera was on him, <laughs> it could be broadcast how big of a hero he was being. Well, I, I'll still say Joel because he's a fireman. So, you know, he yeah. does save people all the time. And he carries heavy hoses that do look like squid arms. So yeah. you, you think he would succeed in fighting the squid? I would think he would be humanity's last hope. Yes. <laughs> Imagine if your cast were siblings. Which player would go to mom and always tell on everyone else? Jason. <laughs> Bushbag. He was a uh, blabbermouth, tattletale? No, he was just a... Oh! Between Jason, it would be Eliza, too. I, I take my answer back and I say Eliza. Okay. Yeah. She'd be the squealer. Most okay. definitely. Imagine if your cast went to the movies together, which player would talk throughout the movie? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, it would be me. Alexa said that every time, you know, when Jeff says, here's the challenge, you know, they take a moment and they take one tribe through because he says, we, we don't want you to fail at the challenge. We want you to understand it. So he'll take one tribe at a time and walk you threw the entire challenge so you understand if you have any questions, then you can ask. Alexis said that I asked, which I totally don't remember, uh, said I asked so many damn questions, people wanted to shove something in my mouth <laughs> that I just wouldn't shut up. So I'm going to say me. All right. Uh, last one. Imagine if your cast was in the music business, which player would be the most entertaining rap artist? Rap artist? I hate rap. <laughs> Golly gosh. Uh, rap artist. <sighs> I hate rap. <laughs> um, do they have to be black? Because we didn't have that many of them on our side. No, no. Anyone that you would think, oh, that'd be enter entertaining to see them rap. Uh, Yao Man. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty awesome to see Yao Man rap. <laughs> it would. He'd get his L's and his R's a little mixed up, but... <laughs> It'd be funny to hear a rap with a lot of L's and R's in the word. Yeah, I think so. I oh, would... it's laundry, laundry day. Ooh, <laughs> you know, it'd be funny. Uh, I would buy the uh, the CD. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Y'all man raps the classic. <laughs> what is is he rapping classic like songs or classic rap songs? Like, is he doing Frank Sinatra to rap? No, he's oh, okay. like rapping Kid Rock or okay. FNM or something. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm the real, real Slim Shady. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it was truly an absolute pleasure to talk with you. I don't think I've ever laughed so much on a podcast. Well, then uh, that means all the other survivors are boring, right? <laughs> or not up to the Kathy Sleckman's, uh, you know, reputation. <laughs> This is the person that they thought I was going to be on the show. Little did they know that I did not tell them that I was taking Zola. And then I told Turkey did. But this is who they wanted on the show. This would have been way more entertaining. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
They yeah. they need to bring you back, so then everyone can be like Kathy who? Exactly. What? <laughs> not the not that wackadoodle <laughs> who wanted to chop her finger off. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was truly a pleasure to talk to you. Is there anything that you wanted to plug or promote before we say goodbye? I got nothing to plug or promote. I I don't think I'm anybody else or any bigger than who I am. I got nothing, man. I got absolutely nothing. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully having you on the podcast again sometime and uh, hearing more of your uh, wonderful comments and opinions. So thank you so much. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. It was great. And Jeff in the bunk bed. (laughs) I hope you're not making a tent in the bottom bunk. <laughs> Who knows with that guy? I tell you. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Again, it was it's fun. I always like doing it. Next week I'll be on Survivor Odds. Awesome. Doing a recap. I'll I'll have to listen and hear what you you think of Dawn and her her breakdown. I know. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I hope she takes the crown from me. Of <laughs> I thought Lisa Welchel would take it. But not quite, so I'm hoping Dawn does this time. Well, she has cried in just about every single episode this season. I know. And I know, and I do feel for her, because you do. You just want to cry all the time, like, what the hell am I doing out here? These people hate me. What's going on? She's too honest and good of a person. That's why she's crying. Yeah, she's being, she's having to play so duplicitous that uh, I think it's just getting to her psychologically. It is. It totally is. So. So. Yeah, thank you so much. It was I had a blast. So Okay, thanks, Dave. And bye. Jeff. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Alright, so there you have it. That was one of the funniest uh funniest <laughs> interviews I've ever done in my my life. Uh absolute blast. And uh I can't I can't wait to have her back again sometime because that was Oh just yeah, great. we'll have to have her back again. Yeah. Just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> But uh, what I need to do is I need to update my uh, my picture with uh, some bunk beds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, she was giving you a hard time, Jeff. Yeah, I, I may know. or may not have been encouraging it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I only I haven't even listened to the part where once I leave. Yeah, well, uh, we don't actually say that much. She mentions the bunk bed once or twice more, but <laughs> but we don't do I. We don't do that much. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, as as was mentioned, this we're now going to get to the part where, before we let, uh, end this podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the potential twist that is rumored to going to be happening in Survivor 27. So, if you do not want to hear about this, stop listening right now. Good. All right. If you're still listening, we're going to be talking about it. We talked about it during the interview a little bit with Kathy brought it up. So we're going to mention it here. There's a rumor that season 27 is going to be a family edition type. So what would happen is they'd bring back 8 to 10 returning players and 8 to 10 of their family members. So let's say if Rupert came back, it would be Rupert and Rupert's family member but they'd be on separate tribes uh jeff and i have talked about this and i think we're pretty much in consensus of our opinions on this yes well i think i mean i i think i'm a bit more i mean i'm always optimistic right i'm a bit more optimistic than most of the uh survivor fan community where i think that if they were
were to do it the way that they should, it could work. If they were to do it with family members who are well-known because of the show, like, I don't know, what memorable fam- family members do we have? Kathy Vavrick O'Brien and her son. Thunder D. Tom, Big Tom and his son. Who, who was the other one? <laughs> He's not an actual th- family member, but I said Thunder D. <laughs> right, Thunder D and Johnny Fairplay. It could work <laughs> with people like that. The problem is, I they're... The people that I'm hearing that I that are possible possibly coming back are not people that we even know their family members. Yeah, and we're not so, going to to go into rumored cast members. Uh, we we do have a policy on the podcast where we can talk about potential returning players, but we're not going to talk about it until it's more set in stone. Because right now they haven't started filming yet; it's all up in the air, and no one's actually guaranteed. And if you're curious, the, there's a thread in, uh, previously on Survivor about it. So if you're really clamoring to know, there are a lot of rumors in there. But, yeah, the names that I'm seeing are just not people that we know. They're family members. So it's kind of – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm. It's – I mean, what, what do you think, David? I, to me, it just seems so gimmicky. Like, oh, we have to resort to this sort of Big Brother-type twist to, to make it shocking. I think – I, I don't think that's necessary. I liked it where the big twist was the location. You know, that was what made the season unique. Was, oh, this is the new location. Now, you know, everything is, is so generic. Even even though we're in Caramon Islands, you know. They always yeah, have I don't to... think there's anywhere you can go anymore that's really going to shock people. Well, it's not even shocking, but I, I liked when they incorporated the culture into the whole yeah. theme of the the season and i, I don't they stopped that a while ago but uh but with this i don't think because this isn't like and i i guess i'm talking about the opening twist the opening thing that makes the season unique and, and nowadays you know fans versus favorites is one thing heroes versus villains but people versus family members i don't know well and it take i mean it would cause, I think, a somewhat interesting post-merge play because now people are going to abandon their pre-merge alliances. But I think that it would become so much about that. Like, when you do a fans versus favorites season, you have a tribe of fans and you have a tribe of favorites. And yeah, they talk about it. They say, you know, there are favorites over there and, you know, I really like Cochran, or I really like Andrea, but that's not the season, right? Like, it doesn't become the taking up 100% of the airtime, right? They still have strategy like any other normal season of Survivor, and I feel like if they were to do a family twist, that would become the overarching, like, all of the strategy talk would be, well, once I get with my family member, all of the alliance talk would be, you know, we got numbers once we get over there, that type of stuff. Well, and, and even think- the pre-merge strategy, like you go to a tribe and they're talking about, oh, this is what my brother is like. This is what my wife is like. And, you know, you're sharing the, you know, information from the other tribe that you normally right. wouldn't get. And think about the possible change in strategy. Let's say, and again, we're not, I'm not saying this person's on the season, but let's say they vote off Russell Hance. And now the family member tribe thinks, well, now we don't have to vote off Russell's brother because we know that he doesn't have anyone once we get over there. Let's get, you know, it changes exactly. that strategy. Yep, I which agree. could be interesting if they did it right once more. But if it, that just dominates the entire season, that's not, that's not fun. Yeah. So 
we don't have high hopes, so this is all rumors. Uh, if things get more confirmed, uh, we'll we'll let you know. But this is just our uh, initial thoughts, and they are not too positive. I'm still going to watch. It's not like I'm quitting Survivor, but uh, come on, CBS, come up with a better twist. Yes, agreed. We're going to end it here. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to have more guests coming up that you uh, don't want to miss out. Be sure to check us out on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And make sure you check us out on Facebook and iTunes, both under the name David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. And we finally got our iTunes fixed. Yes. So if you've been unable to download the uh, podcast for the entire season, uh, try, try again. Check again. We redid everything. We think it works now. It works on our computers. So uh, make sure you retry that and resubscribe. Because I've been trying to find a, the solution to this for about a month, and uh, thankfully Jeff figured out a solution and we got it to work. So thank you, Jeff. Oh, you're welcome, David. But that... I'm still clueless. But <laughs> not as clueless. But that is all the time we have for this episode. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.